0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment And gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. I, man, we talked all preseason about how these are the most fun games we've seen in a while. You know, as far as preseason, like, it's so exciting. It's a fun, exciting team to watch. Um that that was that was amazing. that felt so unbelievably good. It was a it was horrible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong and and I want to talk about that obviously, but man what what a let's just start it off the right way. I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the team. They offense defense and special teams. they all had their issues. they did. I mean, there, there were a couple of people that were locked in the whole game, but other than that, I mean, it was it was a little bit ugly. But man, down the stretch, everybody had to be a part of it. And um, ultimately, everybody came through. That's what happened, right? We needed the offense to score points, and they did. We needed Matt LaFleur to be locked in and, and call in good plays, and he did. And it was rocky. It was some questionable decisions. I think there were some still some some bad plays that, you know, we needed plays, and they didn't happen. and um, But, man, they just kept fighting. And then whenever we scored, we needed the defense to get the other team off the field. And um, they came through. Bottom line. Special teams, same thing, man. I mean, there were a couple times I'm like, just please kick it out of the end zone, and we give it to them, and we got guys, you know, Savage, and I forget who the other one was going down and, and making plays and, and getting them down. I mean, it, one return for a touchdown, and it's over. One big 50-60 yard return, and the game's basically over, right? Um, I mean, when a game's that close, it comes down to fractions, fractions of inches and seconds and everything else. And everything has to be the way it is. And if, if one person doesn't make a play, if four doesn't break up that pass, you know, something, we don't win the game. I mean, it, it it's a Herculean effort to be down 17, nothing, especially from an emotional standpoint to be that bad, uh, to make that many mistakes. And, um, to be able to come back and to fight at home that way. Um, A a heck of a thing. Uh, But the the funny thing that I was thinking of (laughs) as I was starting the podcast and I went on Twitter, I haven't really read much. I I really don't want to because I I know it's going to be a ton of toxic stuff and and some of it's going to be true, but I I just, I'm happy right now. I mean, for the record, game just ended. I I got the Bears game up right now. So if you hear some screaming, yelling, hooping, hollering, by the way, adding to that jubilation was clicking over to the Vikings game right after the Packers game and watching that, just absolute nail-biter down to the wire. They lose Justin Jefferson, but then he comes back. They lose Hawkinson, but then he comes back, and they're driving down the field in the last-second pick to ice the game. I mean, jeez, just absolute freaking jubilation across the board. But um, the one thought I had is, It kind of doesn't matter what your stance was coming into this. You feel vindicated. And I have a feeling, I I don't know. I have a feeling Packer fans are going to fight a lot this week. And that's unfortunate. And I'm worried that I'm going to get swept up in it. I'm going to do my best not to. Because that's not what we need to have happen. Now, we got to speak the truth. And we got to stake our claim. And we got to say, this is what I believe. And fair enough. But, dude, that was a heck of a game. And, And it was tough. It was hard fought. We had a ton of injuries. We were not expected to win the game after we, we found out all those injuries are gonna to happen. Tons of adversity, massive amounts of adversity, and they they found a way, as ugly as it was to come back and win. So, you know, let's let's go back, we'll look at the stats, we'll look at the game tape, we'll formulate our opinions, and we'll we'll just go from there. We're not gonna agree on stuff, right? We're we're just we're not. But we won the freaking game and we're two and one. And we're leading, you know, in in front of the division with a with a big game on Thursday coming up against the Lions. So that's that's the crux of where I'm at. But but again, I'm serious. I mean, if if you came into this game saying I love Jordan Love, I think he's the guy, you're walking out of there saying, yep, he's the guy. If you walked into this game saying Jordan Love is trash, you finish this game saying, yep, Jordan Love is trash. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna be completely honest. Both of those things kind of true. Seriously i mean <laughs> that was that was the worst game I've ever seen Jordan love play, and then in the when we kind of turn things around, never seen Jordan love that good i mean especially when you start talking about like a, a comeback drive and i mean some of the miraculous stuff that he that he did i mean that that run in for a touchdown that most quarterbacks are going down there that two point conversion when he steps up in the pocket, turns away, throws across his body to to the open man i mean just you know hero ball stuff you know. If you didn't like our offense, you probably still don't. If you did like our offense or or wanted to believe in the offense, you probably do. If you hated the defense, you probably still do. If you love the defense, you probably still do. I mean, no matter what you thought, there is enough that happened in this game to get you to maintain your prior beliefs, which is so funny because I, I can't even argue with hardly any of it. I mean, just look at the defense, for example. Defense held into what? What did they score? Seventeen points minus the seven that was special teams, so ten points. How could you possibly blame the defense for that? But then you get down into the details, and the, you know the run it couldn't stop the run, and there were some frustrating things that happened. Again, it doesn't take much to get people ticked off or or to to question things. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, listen. Again, no matter what you thought, let's let's just take a step back and just recognize that was a hard-fought battle that that really. We we were so far behind the eight ball. I mean, forget the eleven penalties on top of everything else that should have absolutely disqualified us from the game. Eleven penalties, and then on top of that, um, an interception. You lose the turnover battle and you have eleven penalties, you're not winning the game. Period. Take all that away. Dude, we we've got a guy who's a quarterback who's going into like his fourth game ever. Third game as the starter of this team. We got Jaden Reed, who's a rookie. Then Tavian Wicks, who's a rookie. A a Late round rookie, Romeo Dobbs is a mid round guy in his second year, and he's like our our one premier guy on the entire team. Musgra- Musgrave is a rookie. Zach Tom is year two. We're missing David Bakhtiari, and we have Rashid Walker. Rashid Walker, I think. I I, I, I don't I don't exactly know who came in, who was out, but we're talking a second round, uh, a second year, seventh round guy. I think it's second year, isn't it? Or is it third year? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Seventh round player. We have Royce. Newman, mid-round pick. Everybody wanted him cut, playing left guard. Aaron Jones, maybe our most dynamic player on this team, out for the second week in a row. We had almost no run game in this entire game. Like, that's just, that's just, I mean, you know how hard it is to function as a team if it's like you come into this, like you lost your star left tackle, your really good left guard, your star running back, your number one wide receiver, oh, and you don't have a run game, best of luck. You're not winning that game! You're not winning the game! And then you find out on defense, you lose your star cornerback. And I know everybody was upset with this play last week, but give me a break. That guy is a superstar. And as good as everybody thought Carrington Valentine was, and I hope he's doing okay. I mean, come on, man. We're, we're, we're talking about a massive downgrade for a unit to lose your your starting corner against one of the premier wide receivers in the league right now, Chris That This should be a loss. I mean, if this isn't a loss, what happens if we don't have 11 penalties? And we do have Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones, and Jair Alexander, and Christian Watson. I mean, we still have a bunch of drops, and mistakes, and, and bad throws, and bad calls, and missed tackles, and everything else that was a mistake in this game. We still get all that. Taylor Swift seriously at the Chiefs game. That's hilarious. And again, this is where... Listen, if you want to make the case that this team's not going anywhere, it's not hard. That was that was abysmal with the drops. I mean, I, and again, Jordan Love with the throws. I mean, that, that was some of the worst throwing... I mean, even the completed passes were off target. Like, every single one of them, at least in the beginning, I'm saying. With the exception of a handful. You know, still can't run blocks, still can't run. But again, on the positive side of things, you expect mistakes. You expect these little things to, to, to be mis- mixed up early on. You don't expect 11 penalties, so that's not going to be a thing that happens all the time. And then you add in not only experience, but add, in, add back all the players. And then understand that this isn't even like our our full-throated attempt at a Super Bowl. This is like, okay, what do we need? And honestly, I'm watching the game thinking, you know, we'll see what happens when we get Watson back, but I don't know if we don't need another wide receiver. They seem to struggle against man coverage a little bit. Maybe we don't have a... Eh, da, 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 da. We figured it out, but that's that's the point, right? We, we kind of... We go through this and just think, um, you know, what do we need? Nose tackle, granted. <laughs> we got that written in, in ink. Safety, probably, yeah need some some work on that offensive line you know I mean I i love the plat, the pass blocking which is ridiculous that the pass blocking was as good as it was and when it wasn't jordan handles it masterfully but yeah well, i mean we're we're, we're kind of just in the we're, we're we're just messing around bro like Vikings what are you doing like we're we're not even trying Bears, are you serious 100 million dollars and all those picks and now you're gonna get a gut like we're, we're, we're just we're just like this is year one we're just messing around bro trying to figure out what we're going to do with with our money, because we haven't even had money. I don't know if you knew that. We haven't had money in a long time. We've been broke broke. I, I guess the, the point is there's plenty of reason for optimism. But if if your choice is to be upset, there's the, there was plenty for you there, too. Everybody got fed in this game. By the way, I have no idea why you didn't get a podcast yesterday. I recorded a full freaking podcast, and um, I don't know what happened to it. I guess I just didn't upload it at all or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's not in the drafts. It's nothing. That's freaking crazy. I need to get my mind checked out, man. It's scaring me. Oh, man. Anyways, I'm still coming down from that high a little bit. And I made the best pulled pork I've ever made. And I know I've said that several times, but I'm getting pretty freaking good at it. And I'm loaded up on that and I'm feeling good. Tell you what, um, that, that is my my main big takeaway, honestly. There's a lot to clean up. There's a lot to clean up. But similar to what I said last week, that's a good thing. Right? that's there, There's reason for optimism there because what happens when it gets cleaned up? There's a lot of promise here, man. Oh, and healthy, by the way. But there's a lot of good and there's a lot to like and there's a lot to be excited about. So, um, take a break because there's a lot of stuff I want to get to just, just in terms of recapping the statistics and everything. and it, It's always funny because I do this live and I'm always kind of shocked by like, a, really? I didn't even know that. So I'm excited to see what kind of nonsense is over there. But, um, big shout out to Emilio petricola see you shot me some love on venmo man i really appreciate that thank you so much if you want to support the podcast directly patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy we'll take a break we'll be right back in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arena club.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. Well, as is pretty common with things like this, you know, I, I try to, I, I take breaks. I go through Twitter. I try to find different stuff, and I keep finding new information. Um, apparently, and I'm going to take a minute to try to confirm this. That was the um, uh, everybody's favorite Twitter account here. Uh, Ike Packers says Jordan Love leads the largest fourth quarter comeback in franchise history without his left tackle. Running back and wide receiver one. Do you believe now? I went back and looked at it. It looks like it is tied for the greatest comeback in Green Bay Packers history. 17-point deficit. Only ever other time that that has happened was September 9th, 2018 against the Chicago Bears. You may remember that game. The ever-so-glorious money game. So, um, fantastic, fantastic stuff. And there, I'm seeing plenty of people, yeah, but, yeah, but, just... This is what I'm saying. Time and a place, man. Time and a place. Yeah, Derek losing Derek Carr certainly helps. You know what? That doesn't guarantee 18 unanswered points. There's nothing about Derek Carr getting hurt that forced the offense to score 18 points unanswered. And by the way, Jameis Winston is probably about as good of a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, let's be completely honest. It wasn't a massive drop-off. Anyways, guys, let's uh, let's rip through some of these uh, statistics here. Jordan Love, 44 passing attempts. That's another question. Last time we saw 44 passing attempts, um, there was one game last year Rodgers did that. We lost to the Jets in that game. Last time we saw that, and it was a win, November 28th, 2021, just one or two games that year. One of them was a loss to Tampa, one was a win. Against the Rams, thirty-six to twenty-eight. It's about one of those a year. It's a lot of attempts. Um, so twenty-two of forty-four. Obviously, that's not ideal. Some of that was his fault. Some of that was not. Same old story. The completion percentage is way low. 259 attempts, 5.9 yards per attempt, one touchdown, one interception, 30 yards was his longest pass. Passer rating of 66.4. So his EPA per play, I'm sure, is going to plummet. His passer rating is going to plummet. And this is going to be the scary side for Jordan Love because what did I say? You've got two sides. You've got the unbelievably unsustainable high side and then the seemingly unbelievably, hopefully unsustainably low side. If the low side rises and the high side stays, he is a top three quarterback. If the low side stays and the other side comes down, he is a bottom five quarterback. Well, all the good stuff is going to start coming down, and the pass completions are still staying low. So, real excited, real fun, real cool, all that stuff. But we're, we're getting into dicey territory in terms of like where he's going to start ranking if we continue this path of really low completion percentage. And then, you know, rather than three touchdowns, no interceptions, it's one touchdown, one interception. So we got we to gotta kind of right the ship a little bit with some of this stuff. And again, I mean, you know, down the stretch, I thought he was fantastic, right? Fourth quarter is great. Um, but I liked it better when it took him like a drive, not three quarters to kind of get in the groove. Because I, I mean it when I say it. I mean, it was all the positives, all that stuff, fantastic. This was maybe the worst game I've seen from Jordan Love from an accuracy standpoint. Even some of those passes that, You know, we're caught, we're behind, or they're low, or you know, he missed Musgrave again on a deep shot. Like he, it's just not working with some of this stuff. So you know, there is there is growing concern every week that goes by, and it's the same story. Yes, there's time, but I mean it's the same thing with Justin Fields that I've been talking about forever. Yes, things can change, but the more we go in a certain direction, and it's the same story, the less likely it becomes that it changes. So we are now three for three in three weeks that the accuracy and the completions are telling a story it's 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 culminated into two wins so it's not catastrophic but it it does concern me in terms of you know can you say today i'm sure most packer fans can but if you if i was asked can you say 100,000% today that he is the guy he is the franchise quarterback moving forward for the green bay packers i'm not there yet i'm not there yet because i came into this with questions and none of those have been answered the deep passing is still a serious issue. The accuracy has become a massive issue. That wasn't even a question for me. And we'll see how he did under pressure. I'm guessing he's going to grade out terribly, so under pressure is probably going to grade out pretty terribly. But, you know, again, I I came into this saying, here's my list of concerns, and all of those concerns are still in front of us. So plenty of time. I'm really liking what I'm seeing, but, man, we just got to tighten it up, man. Just got to tighten it up a little bit. And, And, you know, again, hopefully, yes, you get your offensive linebacker you get your running back back you get Watson back you kind of open up the field a little bit it looked like they were playing like their deepest guy was about 10 yards deep i mean they were <laughs> they were really challenging the packers to throw the ball deep and so you know maybe maybe kind of make things a little bit more easy for jordan and you know maybe he's a little bit jumpy whatever 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 not trying to sound complainy i'm just trying to be honest like i said one of the more positive and exciting games that i've seen but also one of the worst games i've seen like when have you seen 11 penalties in a freaking game sloppy so excited and um you know we'll see where we go from there rushing jordan love nine carries 39 yards 4.3 yards per carry Let, let me say one other thing well we're still technically talking about jordan love the other thing that's kind of crazy is as 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 weird as it sounds The most comfortable I am in a football game, I'm talking offense, defense, special teams, running the ball, passing the ball, anything, it doesn't matter, maybe defense in third and long, the most comfortable I am in a game is when Jordan's passing. And I really think that says something. I don't really panic. I feel like he does a good job. Now, sometimes guys run wrong routes. Sometimes guys drop the ball, which they did a ton of times, which accounts for a lot of those, you know, incompletions. Guys weren't getting open, Jordan's throwing really tight passes, and every single one of them gets broken up. Um, Some of that is our guys got to man up and try to get it, and some of it is just, man, the Saints were just, their arms were just in the perfect spot at the perfect time every single play, and also there was a a good amount of pass interference that I thought should have been called. But that was a revelation I had, is I was, like, at my most calm when it was an empty backfield, because I knew we were passing. And I just, and, and part of that is pass blocking, feeling comfortable that he will have time and also feeling comfortable that when he has time, he will make the right decision. And and that also falls on Matt LaFleur. There's just this feeling that they're going to scheme a guy open. They're going to find a way. Now, is it going to get executed properly? I don't know, but that's semi beside the point. So I, f- I found that interesting, at least for me personally. That was when I was at my most calm. When, when Jordan was throwing, I just feel comfortable with it. And again, I genuinely think that that means something. Um, but yeah, running the ball also, he he's done a fantastic job. Evading pressure has been incredible. And honestly, somewhat of an underrated part of his game, which is kind of cool. I mean, there's very little pressure, and then as soon as somebody gets it, he's able to get away from that. And not like Justin Fields, you know? I mean, again, you know, a lot of these guys—I I keep using Fields because he's a very good example of it, but you could put in Kyler Murray or any of these sort of really fast mobile quarterbacks— a lot of them, they're really fast moving forward, but they're, they're not necessarily very good at kind of being intelligent about how they move, where they move, all that kind of stuff. Jordan does a great job of evading pressure um, and then deciding, should I throw, should I run, keeping his eyes downfield, and then when he runs, getting positive yardage. A lot of these guys, they, they try to make plays behind the line of scrimmage and get sacked. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, but he's been very good at that uh interesting kind of running back by committee today uh we'll start I guess Keyshawn Nixon also had a carry for 11 yards which is great I mean Matt LaFleur is really digging into the bag of tricks trying to get anything going it's tough sledding so I appreciate him at least trying I was kind of iffy on some of his decisions but you know you always understand him for example when we went for it on fourth when we could have taken the points when we were at zero I was not happy about that but it turned out all right in the end Who knows how butterfly effect that could have changed everything, whatever. But at the very least, I appreciate that, you know, he's, he's relying on his guys. He's going to a guy like Keyshawn, like, look, man, we need you. We need, we need a spark. We need somebody that can do something. So cool to see that. And uh, good to see guys rise to the occasion. Nice 11 yard run from Keyshawn Nixon. We also saw a little bit of Emmanuel Wilson. He had two carries, six yards, Uh, 3.0 yards per attempt. Obviously that is wildly unacceptable and not great. Patrick Taylor had three carries for six yards, which is two yards per carry, which is even more unacceptable and not great. And then A.J. Dillon had 11 carries for 33 yards, which is three yards per carry, which is not great. So for our running backs, we had two, three, and three yards per attempt. Averaging, let's see, a whopping 2.8 yards per attempt. Fantastic. And again, though, this is one of those things, I'm not saying I'm happy about it, but for an offense with very little experience and very little time working together and clearly not understanding a lot of things, a lot of miscommunications, a lot of mistakes, all this kind of stuff, for them to go out there with as many injuries as they had and no run game. And again, I know people get pissy when I make comparisons, but do you remember watching the Green Bay Packers over the last 15 years with Aaron Rodgers, who was a Hall of Famer, when we didn't have a run game do you remember playing teams like Tampa Bay or San Francisco where they would eradicate our run game and we have nowhere to go how did those games turn out i'm not saying the saints are the 49ers i'm just saying you remember it the frustration that we can't get anything going just the just the absolute like suffocation of it it's the point is it's a very very difficult thing to overcome when when basically the coach puts the the ball in your hand and says dude I don't know. The run game's not working. We just got to spread it out and you got to throw it like every single time because nothing else is working and they know you're going to throw it and that's going to make it a lot more difficult. They're going to bring pass rush. They're going to drop in coverage we're not going to be able to beat them. That was a heck of a catch from Travis Kelsey. (laughs) We are not going to be able to beat them with trickery like play action at this point is useless. They're not going to bite. That's that's tough. With that said, we got to figure something out. And it's not just, well, hopefully Aaron Jones comes back and, and fixes this. Because, um, you know, I, I went back. I did make a part two of that video. I made a video kind of reviewing um, last week. I started making a part two, and I was like, I, I before I finished it, I was like, I'm just not going to do this, I don't think. So I stopped. But the bottom line is, I'm watching that game, and it's like, I don't remember seeing an offensive lineman win a single block. <laughs> I'm serious. like, I can't find an offensive lineman that wins a block when we're talking run blocking. Pass blocking, I love these guys. I love them. They're doing a great job. Jordan's, Jordan's got comfort, and that's a really important thing. But these guys cannot do anything run blocking. And then of the few times they do, I mean, it just, you know, you find like three guys or four guys doing their jobs. That one guy that doesn't blows up the whole play. And that's the crazy thing. I mean, you have one guy mess up a block, and it, it ruins everything. We really need all five plus the tight ends to be in sync. And we can't get one most times. So, you know, I don't know if it's a coaching thing or if it's a personnel thing. You know, it's tough to to make turnover, but I'm just telling you right now, anybody on this offensive line that is not an elite pass blocker is very replaceable. And we need to find somebody that can move people. And, um, you know, that might mean early rounds because you, you think about these big mauling guys, but a lot of what we do, especially with this zone, is... It's it's a lot of it is speed. Like you gotta get off the ball and start moving laterally quick. And you gotta get to the outside of a guy that's trying to get to the other side of you. You gotta get there before he does, and then you gotta have the power to stop his momentum and say, No, you're not going that way. And that's really what kills us. We don't have anybody that can stop that momentum. So we're trying to create lanes, but there's no lanes. The lanes are created when, you know, you stretch guys out, let's just say to the right, but then from the center the other way, you stop momentum and you create a stretch there. You you create a gap there, but we can't stop anybody's momentum, and so everything just crashes straight down. It's just a, a horrible, putrid thing. So I don't know, man. But again, you know, it's it's a, call it a trial year, and offensive line is certainly under the microscope. And I, and I think running back is too. You know, maybe A.J. Dillon is getting a little bit too much heat, but I, I think you can go back and look at it, and and I did, and say, you know, I genuinely think a different running back probably gets yards on that. Maybe not a ton, and, and certainly everybody's going to struggle behind this offensive line, but, you know, a little bit more speed, a little bit more balance, a little bit more whatever, and, and you we could have made this work, as bad as it was. So, something to think about moving forward. Also, you know, again, free agency's a thing. Um, you got guys like Jonathan Taylor out there. I know everybody scoffs at that, and rightly so. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good idea, especially with this offensive line. He probably can't do anything anyways. It's just an option if if uh, if we decide to go that route, that's all. And then we have the receivers. Uh, again, very up and down, but at the end of the day, pretty much everybody came up with a big catch at some point or another. Emmanuel Wilson had one catch for six yards. Um, Samore Turay and Malik Keith were the only ones that were blanked. Samore Ture was 0 for 3. I thought he caught a pass, did he not? I guess not, I don't know. Uh, 0 for 3 for Turay, 0 for 2 for Malik Heath, not great. However... From there, and this is kind of what I like too, when you see this many guys with this many targets and this many receptions really spreading the ball out. I mean, this is definitely not Rogers and Jordy and like that premier group, but it has a similar flavor in terms of, you know, when the Packers are at their best, I mean, genuinely, they, they really spread the ball out very well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, 2020 Rodgers-Devante was, was something special. But the ability to spread the ball out to a lot of guys is is a is an awesome thing. And so we had Patrick Taylor three receptions for twenty three yards. His longest was twelve yards. Dontavian so Wick stepped up. I'm still a little on the fence. I mean, guys are really going ex- getting excited about him. I got to go back and watch him because I you know I just haven't seen a ton. But I, I did notice on one of the replays a really you know really slick route. I think we probably all saw it. You know you know the one the out route got the corner turned around. I mean that's that's a pretty awesome high level thing. But I'm still little iffy on, on him in terms of like listen two three years you want a premier elite group of wide receivers Is wicks one of those guys or are we talking like Devonte mvs and lazard level good i'm just asking but wicks for the second week in a row stepped up four receptions 45 yards he caught an 18 yarder was his longest Jaden reed seven targets three receptions you oh there we go kelsey give me them points son taylor swift up in the booth swearing that's inappropriate. Um, he had some some passes you wish you could catch, but, man, that, that you know the one, that 30-yard pass. And I think that's part of what I loved about this performance is everybody, to some degree, there was, there was some redemption. You know, Jordan Love, like, come on, dude, what is this performance? And then he puts on a master class to get us a win, right? Jaden Reed, like, he's got some drops. Like, come on, man, don't do this to me. And he comes up with maybe the catch of the day to keep the drive moving, to get us way down the field, 30-yard reception. I mean, guys are guys are putting it on the line, you know? Then we had uh, actually the leader as far as receptions goes. Very happy that we're starting to get him more involved. Still upset that we can't get these deep shots figured out because he has missed out on three really good ones. Maybe one of them was his fault, but I would say at least two of them. Clearly the one this week was on Jordan Love, but still... Eight targets, six receptions, 49 yards. I mean, he's a guy that needs to be involved in the offense. He's a guy that is involved in the offense. And um, I'm glad they're starting to figure it out because he is a weapon. And we, we got some weapons, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I've said it now a thousand times. I need to stop repeating myself. But you talk about Luke Musgrave. You talk about Romeo Dobbs. He's, you know, who he, up and down, man. But, but again, redemption. Dobbs had one that should have been, you know, it's like, come on, man. That's the one you got to catch. Comes back and gets the touchdown reception. You know, I mean, he was just 5 of 12 today, Romeo Dobbs. But those 5 receptions went for 73 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, this, man, what a freaking gutted out game, man. Again, plenty to clean up. 12, 12 targets, 5 receptions, but still. And he also had a 30-yarder mixed in there. Defensively, Rashawn Gary is a freaking madman. And I, I can't wait to see how many snaps he played because I know there was a pretty heavy rotation. They mostly had him out there on pass rushing snap uh, opportunities, but 3 sacks on the day absolutely incredible Rashawn gary is just such an unbelievable weapon for this defense you know we 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 need some other guys i mean kenny clark had some plays you need guys that can step up i i don't want to have to just say please Rashawn, we need you every single time because i don't trust anybody else i don't trust anyone to stop the run i don't trust the coverage if you don't get there in three seconds but he is an absolute animal uh tackle leader was actually rudy ford followed clo- uh rudy ford and quay walker followed closely by isaiah mcduffie devondre campbell did leave with an injury as did carrington valentine i don't currently have an update i will go back and do a second walkthrough um on twitter after our next break here but uh some other statistics we've got uh as far as tackles for a loss kenny clark accounted for one which was his sack so technically that's four we got rashawn gary with three sacks kenny clark with a sack and then kingsley anikbare had a tackle for a loss Unfortunately, no interceptions in this game, but we did have several pass deflections. Rudy Ford had two of them. Keyshawn Nixon had one. Corey Ballantyne had one. And uh, Razul Douglas had one. Carl Brooks also had a tipped pass. In the return to game, Keyshawn Nixon uh, had one return, kick return for 24 yards. Punt return, Jaden Reed, it looks like they took Jaden Reed out. I kind of feel like, I don't think Jaden necessarily did anything wrong. He was very slow getting started. Like every time he caught it, it's like, dude, you got to go forward. Go, move. What are you standing there for? But I also kind of feel like they put Keyshawn back there to kind of get a spark, you know, like they they just felt like we need a guy that can make a play. We need a guy. We need a big return. And I think Keyshawn's getting frustrated with these kick returns because they keep kicking it out of the end zone. And we 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 just kind of needed that spark. I that's my that's my gut feeling is they were hoping to put him in there just to see what could happen. But he only had his one uh one opportunity with no return. And hey, Mister Carlson, a hundred percent again, one for one extra point, and I- I'm not kidding you. When we scored that touchdown and we're tied at 17, my son and I were literally on our knees begging the television, please, please make this. And to be fair, we did the exact same thing on that field goal. And I, I'm, unfortunately now that needs to become a tradition. Every single time there's an extra point field goal, I'm going to have to just get on my knees because, you know, superstition and whatnot. But um, coming through in the clutch, obviously it's a different situation if he doesn't make those including his 38-yard field goal. Daniel Whelan on the day, four punts, 153 yards, 38.2 average, kicked two of them inside of the 20, 45 yards was his longest. Team statistics, the Packers actually did uh, win time of possession. That was one of the things that I actually thought was pretty impressive. Um, Despite the Packers' complete inability to do the things that needed to happen in terms of points or whatever, I thought they did a good job of giving the defense some breathers, even early on. They were were moving kind of slow. They were converting some first downs. Just doing a good job of making sure that it's not just a fast three and out, and then they get the ball, and then fast three and out, and they get the ball. Plus, the defense, again, kind of helped themselves getting off the field, unlike last week. So I think that was kind of a big benefit. Time of possession, actually, in our favor. We ran 71 plays compared to their 60, 340 offensive yards compared to their 252. We had 4.8 yards per play. They had 4.2, 11 penalties. You know what's shocking? They actually had more penalty. Well, it's because of those those giant uh, pass interference uh, calls, but they had seven penalties for 102 yards. We had 11 for 90. So we had just a horrific, horrific uh, game as far as penalties, and the Saints somehow were worse. Both teams, two touchdowns, turnovers. Packers, obviously, with the uh, the one. Defense didn't get any. Completions, Jordan Love, 50% compared to their 676 Passing yards 245 to the 175, 5.6 yards per pass compared to their 5.1. We beat them in yards per completion, tied in touchdowns, um, four sacks for them, one sack for us. Sack percentage. Jordan Love was sacked on 2.2% of his dropbacks. The Saints quarterbacks were sacked on 10.5% of their dropbacks. That's incredible. Uh we beat them in first downs. Passing, uh rushing we tied. Third down efficiency was a little bit rough. We kind of picked it up down the stretch. We were 44%. But the Saints actually were at 29%. We held them to four out of 14 attempts, which is fantastic. Fourth down, we were just one for three. The Saints were 100%. And then red zone, which is the most important thing. Packers are two for three, 67%, which is obviously fantastic. Saints were 50%, one of two. Passes deflected. And I, I Like I said, I, I have very rarely seen so many pass deflections against us, like ever. We had six pass deflections, which is fine. The Saints had 13 pass deflections in a pick. That's crazy. And again, maybe some of those, a couple of those were on uh, Jordan kind of underthrowing. But man, some of those were right on the money. And it was just a a combination of a lack of separation. And the Saints guys just having their hands in the exact right place at the exact right time. And then PFF spotlight, Second week in a row, they're spotlighting Jordan Love. Last week, I said that means he's probably going to have a really good grade. He did not. I'm guessing this will be the same. They're going to spotlight him, say he did great and then um, give him a bad grade. It's going to be hard not to in this one, to be honest. But it says Packers quarterback Jordan Love gets the nod for offensive spotlight from this game. Despite the offense missing, David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Elton Jenkins, and Christian Watson, Love showed some serious guts down the stretch to lead his team back into the game. Love went 22 of 44. We don't need to go through all that stuff. Defensive spotlight. Pass rusher Rashawn Gary is having quite a day against the Saints. Offensive tackles recording three sacks on the day. Guaranteed. Oh, Clayton. They... Dude, they snipped your, uh, they put you in the PFF thing. That's hilarious. Clayton had a uh, video of his third sack. It says Rashawn Gary with his third sack of the day. PFF popped that in there. So that dude's going to have a good grade. I don't don't care. If that guy isn't in the 90s, I don't care if he missed every single run block, every single run defense. I I couldn't care less. That dude gets a 90. Rookie spotlight. Packers rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed was a massive part of Green Bay's comeback. He finished the game with three catches, seven targets, 63 yards. So, I mean, this is a game recap, and all three, offensive, defensive, and rookie spotlights were Green Bay Packers. A lot to be proud of here. Anyways, let's take our final break. I want to come back, and I want to hear the sights and sounds a little bit of the game. We got some post-game stuff. We got some locker room stuff. Uh, The boys are jacked up. And, I mean, this is is what our team needs. I mean, it it doesn't matter. There's going to be a portion of the fan base, and even a, a part of me that's like, eh, you know, I'm a little worried. Da, da, da. Some of the fan base is just gonna be just livid. This team sucks, whatever. The point is, this team, which is all about I mean, that they're young, they're it's a little bit like a college team, man. You you can buy into that hype a little bit. You're not jaded. It's not like, yeah, dude, I've been doing this for ten years, blah, blah, blah. You think Rodgers got motivated by like a motivational speech from a coach that's like the same age as you? No. But these guys, man, you know, they're they're kind of like us. They don't know. So why not believe? Why not believe that you, that you will be the top team in the NFL this year or next year or whatever? You are the next dynasty, you know? These are the kinds of things you build on. And when you love your quarterback and you're behind your quarterback and you see that kind of leadership and you as a team, you got together and you rallied offense, defense, special teams. We all got off to a slow start. We all had penalties. We all made mistakes. But... We dug our heels in, we kept believing in each other, and it paid off. I mean, this this is such an important win for such a young and impressionable team. And th- th- this could not have been, I don't think, any better. Yes, I mean, it obviously could have been better as far as like how the execution went, but as far as helping to galvanize this team, it's just another step. It's another reason to believe. So very, very excited, very, very happy. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I never been a part of a win like that before in my career in the National Football League. Give it up for yourself. Man. 60 minutes, 17 nothing, and I'll tell you what, man. That is the most resilient performance I've ever seen in my life. It's hard not to get emotional about it, fellas. I'll tell you what. It's all you guys. It's, it's the love in this locker room. It's the dogs that we have in this locker room. There's a lot of guys that, that made this thing possible. I got two game balls today, all right? I don't think there's anybody in here that wouldn't go to war with this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and this other dude out there was battling his ass off, making play after play after play. You gotta give it up and say love. Hey, that was a great win, man. Ain't nobody better high, man. It was not perfect, man. But ain't nobody better high. We'll bounce back, man. That's the way to do that. Hey, family on three. One, two, three. Family. There's a lot to love about that. I mean, y- you can tell this is just sort of a, a, a brand new team. The locker room is as good as I've I've seen it from a culture standpoint, which is fantastic. You know, I mean, you are going to have to overcome adversity at some point. When when things get dark, people start to get unhappy. And there could be other things, contract things or whatever, you know, but for right now this thing is if if we're looking at like Madden grades, if uh, locker room health was a thing, it would be a 95 Madden grade, or PFF grade. I don't really care what the grade is. I'm just saying. But You know, to hear Matt LaFleur say, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen a comeback like that. I've never seen that level of resilience in all my years in the NFL. That says something. It really does. I mean, he's saying to his team, like, he's telling them, this is special, what we have right here. Everybody understands that Matt LaFleur was the head coach of Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest ever play. He he was also the quarterback coach for the MVP. I mean, the guy has presided over three MVPs, once as a quarterback coach and twice as as the head coach, so he's seen some great stuff. He's seen greatness, and he's talking into that locker room, telling them, guys, this is special. What I'm seeing here, the love in the locker room, the resiliency, the, the the fight, that level of comeback, I've never seen something like that in my life. That really does speak volumes. On top of that, when Rashawn Gary got his game ball, and Coach Matt LaFleur made the comment, there's nobody in here who wouldn't go to war with this guy and threw him a game ball, Rashawn Gary broke down. You couldn't hear it in here. I don't know if you've seen the video. He started to break down. I'm telling you, man, Rashawn Gary plays with his heart on his sleeve. And I, I, I said that from the day that we drafted him. Ever since that interview I heard, he is, he is a loyal, loyal, hardworking guy. And it, for him, it's all about love. This is, this is about family. It's also why it's very important that we give this man a contract, because he is loyal. But he's also a guy that expects loyalty in return. That's why when the locker room comes together and says, you know, you get the game ball. We're, we're recognizing you as a leader. We're recognizing what you did. The guy breaks down because that means a lot to him. And the reason he goes out and he puts in that work, the reason he gets us three sacks in a critical game is entirely because of the love that he has for for his teammates. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he wants to make a lot of money and all that stuff. But I mean, this guy, he he's he's a born killer. This is what he does. This is what he wants to do. And he does it because he cares. He fights for his team. I don't doubt that for a second. Sean Gary's a special guy, man. <laughs> I'm not going to use names, but there was a guy that we had that was a friend of ours in college. Uh, I'll say that he and I were, were very close. I was with him for a time, lived together, whatever. But he was a very, very, very much like Rashawn. First of all, very large, very strong, very scary. Wasn't maybe the most likable guy in the world. Maybe some people didn't like him, but um, he is a guy that was unbelievably loyal. If I ever needed anything, he would kick down a door and come help me with whatever I needed. But, but But again, he expected that loyalty in return. That's the culture aspect of this. That's what I'm saying. I see that in Rashawn Gary. It's the same thing. 16-28. Sixteen to twenty eight. Dallas is losing to the Cardinals. This is the best Sunday of my life. My goodness. This is this is unbelievable. this is amazing. I am so happy. I'm sorry for Mike McCarthy and all that, but this is great. Anyways, um it's 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 a great thing to see that and to have a guy like that as surprisingly as young as he is to be one of the older veteran leaders as a guy that, that says this is how we work, this is what we do, this is how much it matters. This isn't a joke, man. This is this is real. So it was, it was just cool to see that recognition. You know, I, I, I kind of get the feeling, and I might be way off on this, you kind of get the feeling that Rashawn is one of those guys that he's so serious and he's always about the business all the time that sometimes guys want to, like, cut loose and relax or whatever, and he's just, he's always about that business. And, you know, you kind of roll your eyes like he's, he's sort of like the equivalent of the teacher's pet. Get together in college to work on the project, air quotes. You know, everybody brings a 30-pack of beer, and he comes over with, like, poster board. I'm like, all right, guys, let's get to work. Like, bro, who invited this freaking guy? <laughs> but it's it's cool to see everybody rally around him and i'm happy about it and and he is a awesome piece and then of course jordan love getting the other game ball second week in a row well deserved well earned and to have the guys rally around him and i saw devondre campbell retweeted uh that's actually how i saw the ike tweet to begin with about the the comeback and he basically said i told you i told you that this guy and, and remember devondre is the guy who made the quote that that got me super jacked to begin with that said I would go to war with this guy any day. But he retweeted that that comeback thing and said, I told you that he was a, as good as a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and people laughed at me. What are you thinking now? Anyways, there's more locker room stuff I wanted to get to, but we got a lot of comments here. Um, I asked Patreon to give me some thoughts, give me some comments on your thoughts, because like I said, I don't know what the fan base is kind of thinking. Just from my little bit that I've been uh, perusing social media, it sounds like it's overwhelmingly positive, but... Just trying to get my finger on the bolts, obviously packing out after dark will help with that as well. But again, I want to get through some of the, uh, Patreon comments. Takasu says, I was considering doing laundry by the end of the first half. Glad I stayed. Carlos says, good. Lafleur is uh, putting the cart before the horse. Needs to throw the running game open, not to try to establish the run before slinging it. Yeah, it's worth a try, man. I don't know if anything's going to fix that run game, to be honest. I mean, I I don't know. But uh, fingers crossed, Aaron Jones helps a little bit, and Christian Watson hopefully helps a little bit. Justin Connor says, "Great resiliency by this team. Obviously, a ton of work uh, to improve on against better teams. That's for sure an L. However, getting these types of wins early in the season is so important for confidence moving forward. I, I think that's that pretty much perfectly sums up like the right take. Right? Nobody's going to see that see that as a, a great performance, but it was an important performance." It's a great building piece for a young team and it's a win, which is very important, right That's I mean we we have to rack up wins we gotta stay at pace with the Lions we gotta stay out in front of things you know we, we gotta we gotta do that. so all that is great, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't actually get over the hump and win that that was the most important thing is honestly that missed field goal kick. Eric Munn says Packer's offense stepped up against a tough defense while missing top players. that's also important to remember this is like a top five defense so we can say like it's a bad team and it is but not everything about it is bad this is maybe the best special teams unit in football and a top five defense the only reason this team is not super good and they may end up being quite a good team they could win the division it's really just the offense is really really bad like, it's, it's, it is it's a, like, bottom five offense in the NFL. They have no run game. The, the passing game is kind of a joke. I mean, Alave's talented, but, I mean, you could see it just, it's not very good. He goes on to say the defense made mistakes, but held the Saints to 10 points, seven being from interception, with Carr in there. Then they shut them down once Carr left. Even after losing Campbell, good team win stepping up. Brad Ackley says, I got to the fourth quarter thinking we looked better than I thought we would with so many injuries and had flashbacks of Rodgers' first year where we had lots to clean up, but lots of hope. Uh, when we won it, I couldn't help but think we would have won even if they hit the field goal. And that is another question. You know, I mean, you feel good about the offense for sure, but I was nervous about the time. Like, if we had three minutes or even two minutes, it's like, all right, I think we got this. We just need a field goal. Two minutes is plenty. We had like a minute left. That's That's scary. He says felt like the team clicked and gave up a, uh, gave a group effort and we never looked like they gave up like they had in previous years pretty excited right now and that's you know that's a part of that whole locker room thing we've seen years where the packers just give up not just the quarterback i mean everybody the offensive line gives up the defense gives up everybody gave, gives up and uh the team didn't i mean it was it was getting close there i was <laughs> getting a little worried but um everybody and at the end of the day everybody did what was required to get the win Wombat Mode says, a lot to clean up, but a win is a win. And with those injuries, I still feel good about it. And that's, that's you know, I forgot exactly who said it, but somebody had mentioned, I think I retweeted it, but something to the effect of, with all these injuries, you know, if you lose, it's kind of expected. If you win, you, you kind of have to acknowledge there's something special here. And that, that sort of is the takeaway. Doesn't mean, you know, elite Super Bowl caliber. I don't think anybody's thinking that right now. But that's a heck of a thing to overcome, man. It really is. And we, we cannot let people downplay that. No, it's not a lot of points scored. It really isn't. 18 points. But to have an 18-point quarter against a top-five defense with nothing, I mean, no reason to believe anymore. I mean, nothing's been going right. For that to be your strongest hour when you're playing your hardest and your best, to have everybody just laying out and putting everything on the line, it just it does say something jason says potential was there all game but they kept making small mistakes that became huge that's also a good point penalties cause long downs wreck your game plan i don't think there are huge issues to clean up just need cleaner play and that and that is a great point i mean you you eliminate the penalties where are we at you know a couple of those passes a little bit more on target some of those passes caught and then yeah eliminate the penalties i mean the, the, the things look a lot different it's just hard to overcome constant 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 mistakes you know, and even even just guys running the wrong way, running the wrong routes. I mean, we had a fourth down that should have been converted. The guy was wide open. He just, he ran the wrong route. Jason says, also love to see the clutch ability that we missed last week. And that's important. I mean, I, I mentioned that last week. That was a thing where it's like, you know, this was an opportunity, even though it wasn't necessarily Jordan Love's fault. This was an opportunity for Jordan Love to step in and say, I can do this. I can be that guy that leads that game-winning comeback. Now, it doesn't mean because he didn't do it against the Falcons that he can't do it. It's just, you know, all these things are just steps. It's just things we can check the box for to say, you can be that dude. Can you put the team on its back when the when the chips are down and when things are at their worst? And this situation is a lot worse than it was against the Falcons, clearly. And he put the team on his back, and he got the job done, and it really was a beautiful performance. I mean, just just that, that two-play series, I think it was the same series. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure. When Jordan Love took the ball himself and ran it in for a touchdown, and then had that miraculous, I mean, maybe a slight exaggeration, but an absolute beautiful play, scrambling around in the pocket, making space, finding somebody, and then throwing across his body to the open man in the end zone for a two-point conversion. Which I, I did not like the decision at the time, but that's the reason we won. Credit to Matt LaFleur for going for two. And 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 again, what what a crazy call that is, too, because you're basically saying, I'm trusting my team to go out and win not like we're going to play it safe. Like we're going to be go be aggressive. Like I'm putting my faith in you guys. You guys who have messed up this entire freaking game, who can't get anything right, even the basics. Simple blocking assignments you can't figure out. You don't know what routes to run. You don't know who to block. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know anything. I'm putting my faith in you to go win the game right now. Not right now, but you get the idea. We're going to go win the game. So I want two points and then they get it. I mean, that's such I mean, it's really like a, a I think it was Wendell Ferreira, I think it was, made the, the comment like, how could you not be romantic about football? And that, that's the thing. Like it's, it it really is such an awesome, dare I say, beautiful thing to see, to have, you know, in such a dark moment, the head coach say, I'm gonna put all my faith in you right now. I'm not gonna protect you from yourself. I believe you. You will go do this and then they rewarded the coach for believing in them and then what what are the dividends for that that's an investment in your in your team that's not just a decision it's an investment that's an investment that's going to pay out big dividends down the road because the team's going to remember that my coach believed in us and then we went and, and then we paid him off and, and and what does that do for Matt LaFleur also to put your faith in these guys and then to have them come through for you like that. I mean, you're putting yourself out on the line by saying, I'm going to go make this decision. And if they don't get it, it's like you're an idiot. Just like every other decision he made that didn't work out. I was like, well, that was stupid. It's always brilliant when it works and stupid when it doesn't. Such an awesome, awesome thing. Taj Sharani says, thrilled about the win. I feel super beat up watching it, though. No doubt about that. I got bruises all over my body. <laughs> I keep punching my thigh when things go bad. The one thing that comes to mind, and I don't want to crap on, Aaron Rodgers, this is a win that would not have won under his leadership. He would have been pouting, rolling his eyes, not throwing to receivers, bringing the whole vibe down. Jordan Love Company kept the energy high and kept attacking. I mean, I don't know, but I, uh, of course I know where you're coming from with that. We have no way of knowing. For for all we know, and a very fair rebuttal would be, we wouldn't have been down 17 in the fourth quarter if we had Rodgers, right? To to be fair to him. But, but listen we have to be smart enough and realistic enough to understand the strengths and weaknesses of everybody. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of strengths that I don't see in Jordan Love, but, but we can't sit here and pretend that Aaron Rodgers was perfect either. And one of his weaknesses was just when things were down. I, he didn't really rise to the occasion. Yes. There are some instances, you know, you look at some of these, these big dramatic comeback performances and whatever, but those are were, those were different things. You know, when it's 24 to 27 and you lead a, a, a game-winning comeback, that's not the same thing as nothing's working, we don't have a run game, these guys aren't running the right routes, people keep dropping passes, Matt keeps calling plays that I don't like, we don't have a run game, the pressure keeps going. Like, when he gets frustrated, he gets frustrated and things go south. So I think it is fair to say that despite the fact that that we can still clearly say that at this point Rodgers has been, is, was, always, will be a better quarterback. We have no reason to believe anything other than that. But Rodgers did have weaknesses. This was one of his weaknesses, and I don't see that weakness in Jordan Love, and that's a good thing, and we can be excited about that and hope that some of the strengths that Rodgers has, Jordan can start to adopt because Jordan is not on Rodgers' level, and I know you're not saying that. I'm putting in all these caveats because people get so angry If you ever suggest that anybody can be anywhere near ever as good as Aaron Rodgers or that Rodgers ever had any flaws ever. I think it is a fair observation to say that this is the kind of game that we were used to seeing as a loss. And then everybody goes to the locker room pissed and people would try to throw Rodgers onto the bus and it would be, nope, it's not Rodgers, everybody else didn't make plays, the coaches didn't coach, the line didn't block, all that stuff. And those things would technically be true. These are games that we're used to losing that we just saw a win and that's something to be excited about. It is. It's not it's not from my part and I don't think from your part, Taj, anything negative he even said. It's not to crap on Rogers or anything. It's just it's just good to see something that has been hampering this team that seems to be a, an improvement. It's entirely possible that we could have taken a big step backward at quarterback but still have improvements in certain areas. I mean, for example, can we all agree that we have more mobility at quarterback? I think that's safe to say. That's not trashing Aaron Rodgers to say that we have a much more mobile quarterback who's better in the pocket, better at escaping pressure, better at running for first downs and all these things when that, when, when that is needed. I think that's true, and I think everybody can and should be able to acknowledge that. Jason says, uh, also, I know we're all frustrated with love under Love's underthrown balls, but it has actually helped us big time these first three weeks with all the P.I. calls. That's true. Guys have to keep trying to run back into the ball, and the defenders just keep running. And it ends up being a P.I. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the balls were bad. You know, against the Falcons, those were dots that when we got those P.I. calls, it's like, man, that was on the money. That would have been, you know, a, a beautiful play if that guy wasn't tackled. Pretty much all of these pass interference calls were like, dude, you shouldn't even throw that flag. There was no way he was going to catch that ball. <laughs> you should just pick that up right now. That wasn't going to happen. That sucked. Matthew Herbert says, uh, it felt like this is, for the most part, the game that we said we wanted to see prior to the start of the season. One, defense was exceptional and carried the team. Even with injuries to Jair and Campbell, the defense gave up 10 points and 4.1 yards per play. Um, would have been good for second last week. Also roughly the same for both Saints quarterbacks, i.e. not just beating you on backup quarterback. Two, the offense played shorthandedly, looked sloppy, and made a lot of mistakes, which overshadowed any success they did have in the first three quarters. However, they showed a ton of promise, flash, and determination. We expected mistakes, especially if we consider that we only had two healthy starters with uh, with at least a year's worth of starting reps under their belts. I'm still bullish on this offense as the season progresses into the future. Again, I'm 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 basically right there with you on all those points. This is this is although it's it's worse than I think we were all expecting to some degree. This is kind of you're right. This is kind of what we've been looking for or or not looking for. This isn't what we want, but this is kind of what we've been expecting. You know, the offense has got some talent, but man, they got a lot to work on. There's a lot of stuff here that's like mm, this isn't this isn't going well, but fortunately, we got a defense. That's keeping the points low enough to keep us in the game, and and that's what we need going forward, honestly. And yes, at some point the offense has to figure it out. They got to get it together. They got to work together. They got to run the right routes and throw good passes and all that stuff. But in the meantime, the defense has to step up and keep us in the game. We are going to put, you know, just like we put more on Rogers' shoulders when he was that dude. Like, I'm sorry, that's that's why you get all the money. That's why you're the the superstar quarterback. That's why you get all the accolades and the trophies and the MVPs and all that stuff. With that comes a lot of extra responsibility and a lot of extra pressure and a lot of extra scrutiny. You got to be that dude. And right now that dude is the defense and Joe Barry. You have to carry more of the weight. I'm very sorry. It's unfair. It's, it's you know, gee, gee golly whiz. Life is unfair sometimes, I guess. That's the way it goes, man. But that's what this game was. The defense carried the water and kept us in the game long enough for the offense to rally and figure it out and win and the fact that the offense did rally and figure it out and win is just awesome and if we can keep this going I mean if the defense can keep that momentum we can really we can you know I don't want to pretend that the offense is bad that was a that was a rough performance but again coming into this week it was the second highest scoring team well it was a bad performance this week and those were bad yeah I, I get all that but bad offenses don't End up the first, the number two scoring offense or bad, yeah, bad offenses don't end up the number two scoring offense just because of the defenses they go against. They still don't score any points. This was a great defense, and again, for the billionth time, how many injuries? And 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 let me make another comment. As much as I thought Matt Lafleur did a stupendous job and has been all year, here's a critique of Matt Lafleur. I think Matt is pulling out all the stops. I think Matt has always been, and this is this is kind of the way Rodgers was too. And I thought for both of them, I didn't really love it, but it was always listen. We're going to crank this thing up to 10, because that's the expectation. I'm not dumbing it down for you. Get on my freaking level. Matt LaFleur is calling all these plays, and is just expecting everyone to be on board. And it's like, you know, I get it. Like, you just, you have to expect execution. But at the same time, you know, we got a critical fourth down coming up, and we're leaning on Patrick Taylor. We had another big play, and we leaned on, what, Emmanuel Wilson to throw a a throwback pass? You know what I mean? Like... Fair enough, but yeah. I mean, couldn't we have put Dylan out there? I know nobody likes Dylan, but Dylan understands the offense. He knows what route to run and he can catch a pass. It's probably a first down. Why is Patrick Taylor out there on a critical fourth down? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to piss and moan. I'm just saying there does seem to be this, and, and maybe it's going to pay dividends in the end. Maybe it's going to be a positive ultimately down the stretch that we are pushing them as hard as we can and we're not babying people. We're saying this is the standard, this is what you got to do. So people are going to put out a lot of bad tape. We're going to go back, and they're going to have to grind, and they're going to have to realize how much harder they have to work as opposed to dumbing it down and them thinking they're doing some kind of a great job. Maybe. But for this week, I'm just watching Matt LaFleur going deep into his bag of tricks. Like, all right, we're going to run frickin' the annexation of Puerto Rico here, and you got a bunch of guys who don't know how to play football yet. And it's like, I mean, I guess. I got to do what now? Matt really wants to be big brain Matt, and he is big brain Matt. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he's doing a great job with the play calling. But there's a little part of me that's like, you know, I know, like you're so excited to like <laughs> get into your bag, and you got some man. We we saw the flea flicker that to- and and it worked. Like the flea flicker was there. That toss back to to uh, to Jordan Love. That guy was open. Right? Guys just aren't executing your plays. Like you're 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 pulling out all these things you've been drawing up in your friggin' bathroom, and now you're putting it out there for the world to see. You wanted to you, you want it by the time it, you reveal it to the world and everybody has tape on it, you want to execute it. And to have everybody keep failing you all the time has got to be pretty annoying. But, you know, I don't know. Whatever. It's working. They're doing fine. It's just, it's it's, it's going to lead to a lot of this confusion and complication and whatnot. Aaron Nelson says, I am ecstatic. Sure, there was a lot that happened to fix and grow upon, but that is what we have all expected with such a young team. And if we can't handle when our expectations happen, we shouldn't expect them. That's, that's a fair point. I mean, it, it really is. like It's kind of like, who who just said that? Somebody said something very similar, but it's like, this is what we all expected, and then what we expected is happening, and now we're pissed about it? I don't, I don't understand. The best thing that can come out of this game is how everyone fought for each other. Reed had drops, but that didn't dissuade Love from looking his way for one of the biggest plays of the game, and he stepped up. And that was another thing to think about, and I saw um the first couple minutes of Aaron Nagler's thing, And one of the first things he said is, man, Jordan Love is kind of a gunslinger, and I kind of like it, and he really is. I mean, you're looking at this, and it's like, man, things really aren't working. Maybe take it down a notch, and every time he drops back, like, nope, 40 yards. He's got that Brett Favre in him, man. Like, he just wants to sling that thing as hard and as far as he possibly can every single play. And every time he does it, you know, again, I I do have confidence in him, but whenever he unloads like that and and throws it up, it's kind of like late stage Brett Favre. I'm not expecting a pick. I'm guessing it's not going to be, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know if this is going to gonna work. You kind of gauge like the, the, the drop back and how hard he's throwing. If it looks like a decently long pass, like 15 yards, like, oh, this is going to be a good play. Anywhere between like 5 and 15, he's probably got it. But when that's like a 20-yard-plus throw, it's like, I don't know, it's going to be too far, too underthrown. But he, he's he's fun, man, and I, I really hope it works out with him. I'm still, like I said, I'm not 100% there. I'm way closer to there than I was prior to this preseason. But I hope it works out just because he looks like he's going to be a fun guy to watch, man. I mean, th- this is going to be kind of a blend, I feel like, between Rodgers and Favre. I mean, he's doing a relatively good job of protecting the ball. His, his form looks a lot more clean, a little bit more Rogers esque a little bit more of a technician in those ways. But at the same time, he's kind of like Favre versus like, just let me go. Like I'm just gonna go get it. Like I'm not scared of crap, dude. I'm slinging it around the yard. So I mean, this could be this could be a fun thing, man. I hope it. I hope it works. I hope it works. I love this team. <laughs> I really do. Aaron continues on. He says to remain on top of the division with half our first team offense being inactive just before the game and top completely flip the script from last week and not back down for a comeback win shows the grit this team has. As frustrating as many things were today, seeing how big of a fight our dog have is so encouraging for the remainder of the season. Get Jones and Watson back for Thursday night and we are smoking up some truly beautiful barbecue. We it, I, I mean, as frustrating as it is, we haven't seen Christian Watson yet. And yeah, you look at the deep passes and go, yeah, he's not going to complete any of those anyways. It's still, I mean, you, you can catch him on that 15-yard crosser, man. Is there such a thing as a 15-yard crosser? Probably. Just throw it a little later. A dig, whatever, leave me alone. And again, just opening up the the, uh, the field. And, and that's another good thing about Love is, you know, the, the defenses. And, and, you know, Rodgers was this way too. It just it felt like it was annoying because it just never paid off. I feel like I never saw a third and one that went for 20 yards and was completed. But the, the benefit of never being dissuaded is that if you're a defense and you're like, look, we're going to prove to you that you can't throw deep so that you stop. That's never going to be a thing. Like, we're just going to keep doing it, like, over and over and over and over again. So, I mean, if you decide that you want to, uh, you know, hug up to the line, that's cool. You do what you got to do, but we will never, ever, ever stop attacking down the field. That's just what we do. So, best of luck to you. A couple more here. J.J. Weber says, uh, we got the best of both worlds today. We got a win that showed the kitty core is developing their mental toughness, but we also have so much with the uh, that the coaches can harp upon to foster more growth. Winning while the kiddie core grows is what the season is all about. I especially love how Jordan Love struggled most of the game and still had the confidence to lead such a great comeback. I mean, that's that's it, right? I mean, it it really is a positive in a way to have, again... I mean, so, some of the negatives, it's not really... really what, what are we going to... Like, the penalties. Like, hey, man, don't hold. Like, oh, okay, don't hold. Now, I, now I'm a smarter football player. But it is good, man. I mean, to, to have a bunch to be able to go out and learn and to teach your guys to make them better but at the end of the day make sure you win that's that's all you could ask for uh Wayne Reesing says I was in my car listening on the radio I had to focus on traffic and construction zone so I didn't get to drive uh to give the game my undivided attention it seems to me that the offensive line struggled in the first half the receivers dropped the number of passes love can't throw the deep ball I hated the call when the offense went for it on fourth and two from the 44. I think that's the same one. I'm not positive, but I hated it too. Even though the game just started, the offense was not in rhythm. Punt, pin them in the 10 and get the ball back in good field position for another solid defensive series. That was the other thing is the defense. That was when the defense was at its best. And it's like, dude, we can finally get some points. Get off get off the freaking schneid here. Punt it. They're going to get it. And the thing is, we did get a 3-and-out, I think, and it's like, see, I freaking told you. Anyways, it still worked. Um, I lost most of the third quarter. I was shocked that Riverboat Matt gambled going uh, for two. After their first touchdown in the fourth quarter, it seemed to change at least a little. The receivers caught just enough passes to move the chains. The Saints helped with some timely penalties. The defense in the second half was the true hero. In the second half, the Saints' drives were five plays, five yards punt. 6 plays 14 yards punt, 3 plays 8 yards punt, 5 plays 20 yards punt, 3 plays 7 yards punt, and finally, 8 plays 47 yards and a missed field goal on the final series. They stood tall. One run for 2 yards, an incomplete pass, and a completion for 2 yards. When the Saints kicker missed the potentially uh, winning field goal, my wife and I both hollered. Uh, all in all, it was a great game. I mean, again, that's, <laughs> that's the funny thing about the game. It's like, well, it sucked. It, the offense couldn't do anything. Couldn't get first downs, but he dropped everything, a million penalties. Um, worst game I've ever seen, ultimately. One of the best games I've ever seen. So there you go. <laughs> oh, football. Uh, Jim Thompson says, pretty frustrating through three quarters, but it was great to see Love orchestrate his first comeback victory. We need to get some of our stars back, and this team could be great. We have too many injuries, though, for them to continue to overcome the odds on a weekly basis, and that's true. I mean, we we're not going to win very many games like this. Even if we're not playing very good teams. I mean, it's just too hard, man. It's too much to overcome this. So we got to keep the defense playing like this, and we got to to get our guys back, period. Did have one more comment sneak in. We'll do this, and then we'll get out of here. Eli says, honestly, just relieved they pulled that win out. If we were to lose that game, that would have been a really demoralizing loss just because it felt like everything that wasn't going our way was all on us. We were shooting ourselves in the foot the whole game. I was really frustrated during the game. I had to keep reminding myself it's a young team. And this stuff was going to happen at some point this year and to not hold it against them too much. That was, that was a ritual I was kind of doing as well. And, and, you know, you kind of pre preempt yourself a little bit going into it. I mean, when I saw the injuries, I said, we're going to lose. I mean, I mean, that was just it. Like, I, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to lose, but just don't get blown out. And then that almost failed. And I was like, well, shoot, like I would have been okay with a close loss, but this is kind of getting ugly. But again, you you kind of preempted a little bit like, okay. You're not expected to win. I mean, it was a close game to begin with when you thought most of these guys... I mean, I thought Jair would play. I thought at least one of either Christian Watson and Aaron Jones would play. I was like 55% David Bakhtiari would play. To have every single one of these guys shut down was like, you've got to be kidding me. But I'll tell you what, if these guys can play, if we can get like three of them back for Thursday, this was a massive... I mean, I don't want to call it a gamble because there's a good chance they just couldn't have gone. But to hold them out, so that they're healthy for Thursday and still get the win. Man, oh, man. Uh, Eli goes on to say, all in all, I'm ecstatic to have a team that has this grit and mental toughness to stick it out the way uh, through in these tough games. I still have a lot of hope for the season, and I'm excited to see how we can continue to build, especially with our stars coming back. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still building, you know. Still trying to figure it out. Still, uh, still putting the pieces together. I mean, Matt LaFleur is, is also, I mean, this is all part of testing we're we're, we're kind of test driving test running some of this stuff putting some stuff on tape even for us to say this doesn't work or what if we put this guy over here or whatever you know let let Matt LaFleur get in the lab and try to figure out what works best for the guys that he has and you know the other thing too is not only do we come in without these players Matt LaFleur is developing a game plan without knowing who's who's playing that's not easy to do like you have a game plan. With Christian Watson in it, with Aaron Jones in it, with David Bakhtiari in it, and you have no time. I mean, I was just going to say five minutes. That's not true. You have no time whatsoever to um, to figure this stuff out, to make changes, to say, oh, they're not going. Never mind. We're going to scrap that. I've got a new playbook here, a new new uh, game plan. There's none of that. It does put a lot of stress on things. So anyways, I'm going to get out of here. Got to do packing it after dark, find out what people are doing. That's going to be a fun one because I'm going to start with the calls that are coming in during the game, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of raging, so that'll be interesting. But um, you guys have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.